Well, hello, everybody, and welcome again to the Weirdly Magical podcast. Um, we are talking today about the uh, Gemini full moon that is on December the 12th, um, 2019 at 5.12am Universal Time, which is London time. So it's actually late on December the 11th for those of us on the uh, West Coast um, of America. Um, so we'll talk more about that in a moment. It is at 19 degrees and 51 minutes, Gemini and Sagittarius. Uh, but first, let's do a quick introduction. And we do have a question uh, that we'll be talking about towards the end. And we do have a little bit more information about our 2020 overview call as well. But Jen, why don't you introduce yourself? Okay. <laughs> Hi everyone, I'm Jen, Jen Dushen. I'm an Akashic uh, healer, um, numerologist, and creator of the Illuminating Journey cards, and I guide my clients to find the truth of who they are and help them connect to their soul using tools, guidance, mentoring, and I teach and have groups, etc. Cool. And I am Louise Eddington, and my new business name is going to be Cosmic Owl Astrology. The owl. <laughs> and that's mainly because uh, Pallas Athena, the asteroid, is conjunct my ruling planet, and she is the astrologer's asteroid, and the owl is one of her symbols but anyway i do soul astrology readings i do consultations i have a membership group and um, i am the author of modern astrology and the soon to be published complete guide to astrology that's written um, for everybody from a non-binary perspective asking us to change the language we astrologers use and um i think that's about it you can, I'll tell you where to find me at the end. But anyway, <laughs> I stream the stars. <laughs> so today, as I said, we're going to talk about um, the full moon. But first, if you have any questions, we do have one from somebody today, as I mentioned. You can email them to weirdlymagicalpodcast at gmail.com and you may be featured on the podcast. And we also have a Patreon we actually have some patrons now. So thank you. Thank you so much. We'll soon start to introduce um, patron only content when we get a few more patrons. It does help to support the running costs of um, this podcast, which we love doing. So, And um, the call. We're doing a free call, a free Zoom webinar um, on December the 5th. We're doing it December the 5th now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At 12 p.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Mountain, 3 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. UK time. And um, I've just posted a registration link for the call on my Facebook page, Louise Eddington Astrologer. I'll be sharing it in my groups. Jen will be sharing it too. Um, if you register for it, you'll get the call details in your email and um, the call will be recorded. But if you're on live, you get to ask questions. So come join us for a 2020 overview. 
But before we dive into um, the full moon itself, we've both pulled cards as usual. And Jen, what card have you pulled? So I got the two uh, soul portal. Um, and for those of you who can't see it, this is a like a very green background, green forest, and there is a deer and a or buck, I guess. I think it's a female, but anyway, it's a deer and a like a female form. And in between is, uh, and they're kind of bending over a, a river or a, um, yes, like a little pond or something. And there's the chalice there, the figure who may be somewhat fairy-like. There's the moon, a full moon, actually, in her um, headdress. Oh, yeah. And uh, then there's the symbol that has the triangle and the circle, the male and female energies. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this, to me, is the two. It symbolizes the idea of converging our uh, differences or whatever it is that is um, mysterious and whole to us that we want to bring in the earthly energies, the cosmic or the otherworldly energies, Mm. how to kind of align ourselves in this kind of forest or this Eden, this idea of being whole and uh, being willing to take a new path. And it feels like in this case, a little bit, um, Almost there's some uncertainty or needing to check in and make sure that things are going in the right direction. But basically, this is the idea of tapping into divine guidance to kind of be present or embodied on earth. Mm -hmm. And I find it interesting that it's a two because it's Gemini, of course. Right. The twins. And here you have two, which you could say twins in certain or two aspects of a whole Mm. And of course, two is about bringing things together in new ways, using the intuitive and material. And funnily enough, <laughs> and I had not seen Jen's card, and I pulled a card, only two cards leapt out at me. So two, Gemini again. And I got the Prince and Princess of Cups. Wow. Like, I can't amazing? make this stuff up. So. Yeah. So talking about bringing, you know, the two together. So these are the um, emotional objectivity is the Prince of Cups. And, um, oh no, that's the Princess of Cups. And emo- mastering emotional desire is the Prince of Cups. So it's, it's br- bringing together both, you know, the yin, the yang, the opposites, the masculine, the feminine, and also your desire and your objectivity. And of course, these are cups and like Jen has the chalice. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. You cannot make this stuff up. But, you know, both cards to me indicate this real kind of becoming whole, this moving into a place of very emotional fulfillment. Fulfillment. I always think of a green, the green of Jen's card as as the color of Venus and also, you know, the color of values and money as well. So it's the color of love and this, and, and the cups in the tarot, uh, the num- love as well. So, you know, abundance. 
I mean, when you're making a connection between two things, when you're making a connection between yourself and the divine or your, mm. uh, your physical uh, expectation or whatever of life and the world you're living in, right? It's all about mm. relations and relationships, and that's what the two is all about. It's yes. about how we connect to something else to get where we want to go or need to go or have to go, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's very interesting that we both and I didn't know what you had. So no, was, she didn't have a clue. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Because I, I was kind of chuckling as Jen held her card up, and I looked again <laughs> at mine. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and I do find it interesting that the t- cups in the tarot, the, both these two cups cards have birds on their head. One as a swan, and one as one as an eagle. And of course, birds are. Um, related to air signs and um and of course which is a full moon in gemini which is an air sign too right and And that's usually messages from spirit kind of thing oh right yeah there might be a bird in here it's hard to tell the one thing there is i mean this kind of they are like wings in here this little kind of fairy figure Mm. it's interesting oh yeah about air right so there you go. In the usual, you cannot make this shit up thing. We both picked almost <laughs> the same cards. <laughs> so Jen, so this full moon, as I said, is at 19 degrees and 51 Gemini. That's where the moon is. And the sun is always opposite on a full moon. And that's at 19 degrees and 51 minutes of Sagittarius. Palace Athena the owl <laughs> is at 14 minutes 14 degrees and 30 minutes of Sagittarius and we're just recording this just after the new moon in Sagittarius where Pallas Athena was conjunct the new moon and here she is she's moved on with the sun and is conjunct the sun on the full moon too so Pallas Athena has been very involved in this um this month's lunations altogether. Um, also on this full moon, um, Chiron or Chiron, whichever it is, is stationing direct the day after on December the 13th. So Chiron is stationed on the full moon. Also by the full moon, Jupiter will have moved in to Capricorn. So we'll have Jupiter, uh, we'll have Venus, Jupiter, Ceres, Pluto, Saturn and the South Node all in Capricorn by this full moon and it's the last um it's the last new or full moon before eclipse season the it's the last full moon of the year and uh, the eclipses start on December the 26th and then the next full moon is January the 10th so just a few facts about the full moon anything else I need to say and is that then? when the nodes move um the nodes move. I can't remember when they move. No, we've got a bit longer before oh, they okay. move into Gemini and Sagittarius. Okay, next year then. It's oh, it's next year because these eclipses are in Cancer and Capricorn. Yeah. Right. So, oh, right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So let's look at the numbers first, then, or whatever else you've got to say about it, Jen, or what the whatever the masters want to say as well. So. Yeah, let's oh, see. Oh, I will say it's square to Neptune. We did want to mention that um, this one is square to Neptune, um, which incidentally we stationed direct this morning as we record. 
And the new moon in Gemini was back on June the 3rd, just before Neptune station retrograde. So Neptune's kind of followed this whole Gemini lunar cycle pretty much. So we've got some stuff to say about that as well. (laughs) Right. Very exciting. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I think what's really fascinating is I just want to mention that, of course, we'll be in December for this. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're moving into a 15 universal months because um, we're in a 12 universal year and December is a three month, the 12th. Uh, so what is fascinating to me, well, first of all, when we have a 15, we're looking at a, uh, which is a six, it's an emotional number, it's called the spiritual alchemy, the number of spiritual alchemy. And what it is, is about uh, being of service with joy, creating joy by doing the things you love doing, or even the things you know you need to do, but do it with from a place of deep abiding joy. So when you're going into feeling like you're being a um, martyr, you either have to shift your energy or you have to stop doing it and say no. So this is a really key message here uh, that I feel relates very much to both our cards and this idea of Gemini's. Uh, for me, what it feels like, and I'm sure we'll talk more about it, is that Gemini, or this is what's coming through, the fact that Gemini is our mind and how we think. And we've been going through this process with Neptune to let go of some old beliefs and, uh, well, of course, with the Sagittarius stuff, let go of old beliefs and old kind of uh, um, practices that we have considered either religious or spiritual or uh, needed to be a certain way. And with all of this, it's shifted us. So now we have a, a more devotional way to be of service or be of service in our lives of service to the divine um, and do it so we're contributing because two is about contribution mm-hmm. and the the year the 12 is about joy like through through our own experience and learning wisdom we create joy so here we are we have the three and the six those are both emotional numbers those are both about our feelings and to have this all this energy about gemini our minds opening up with this influence of neptune it's like our feelings are being expanded in new ways so we're getting this opportunity to actually let go of old feelings and some of us have already gone through quite a bit of that Uh, so that's really very interesting now the other thing i wanted to mention is because uh, well certainly here in part of the states it's happening on the 12th day uh, and we'll talk a little bit about the 11, but I want to talk about the 12 because that's pretty fascinating. It's a 12 day in the 12 month of the 12 universal year. And the degree of the sun and moon is 19. And we have a 19 calendar year. Now we've had this uh, kind of, I think it was the last moon or one of the ones before we had the same thing where the, it might've been this past new moon where the the numbers were repeating of the year. So it's like another message, having this 12 and 19 again. And 19 is a number of new beginnings, one and nine. So we have the beginning and the end. And it's kind of like that relationship between Neptune and and Mercury in a sense, right? It's the beginning Mm -hmm. and at the end. And of course, Mercury is at four degrees. And what is Uranus at? Two, no, three, three. Three degrees, right? The higher mind, right? Mm. Some people see 
uh, Uranus as the higher version of Mercury. So it's much more out there and then comes into something we can actually understand and work with in um, our human experience. So that's pretty fascinating. I do want to mention that new moon back on June the 3rd was at 12 degrees too. Right. So it was the last one because it was 12 Mm -hmm. degrees and it was at uh, 19. It was on the something about 12 and 19. I don't remember. Oh, it was a 12 degree moon. It was a 12 degree Gemini moon. Oh, maybe it was something else was a 19. Gemini new moon. So that's pretty fascinating, right? Because the 19 is telling us it's time to shine our light and be of service in this way that's very different, this alchemic way of expanding our, uh, our broadening our view, how we're seeing the world, mm-hmm. and changing the way we work with our emotions. And most people who work in the field of um, epigenics, which is about our emotions mm-hmm. in a higher level, talk about the fact that when our emotions are stuck in our bodies, it's that's what creates um, all despair and all these different things. Now, I'm not saying there other, aren't other reasons, but it does um, contribute to mm-hmm. how we feel. So if we can release some of the thought around those ideas, which mm-hmm. is why they stay stuck in our body, uh, which this is what this full moon feels like. It's the culmination of the old feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh, that are now being released and we have this opportunity to go, you know, I'm okay with who I am. I'm okay with uh, how I comport myself. It's mm. a funny word. Comport. <laughs> and other people may not, may not like it, but you know what? That's okay because we don't have to agree on all this stuff. This mm. idea of just fighting about stuff just to be right. That's a very um, a, uh, Capricornian thing from the, uh, the plutocracy right it's very much the idea that i must be right and might is right and what i i have the most weapons so i'm in charge Uh, so breakdown of all of that to oh it's so good i'm okay with who i am Mm. so from so from the astrological um, perspective when i look at it of course it's you know uh, these are gemini and sagittarius and mutable signs so of course this is bringing a change uh, mutability is is changing times uh, gemini as as jenna's talked about is about um the mind and it's you know information coming in and it's learning and all that kind of energy and ju- ju- sagittarius on the opposite side is really the guru or the teacher and the one who's taking what all that information learned out into the world. And um, the fact that the sun is conjunct Pallas Athena. Now Pallas Athena is really has, is, is the asteroid with this piercing vision of the owl. That's why I have the owl behind me. And it's, you know, the owl can see in the dark, the owl can see from multiple angles the owl can see the tiniest thing from way up high um, and hone in on it. And that's what the um, asteroid Pallas Athena has. So to my mind, um, this full moon is very much, if we look back to June the 3rd and the fact Neptune's been retrograde for pretty much this whole time since that new moon in Gemini to the full moon in Gemini, it feels like, clouds are parting decisions have been made um about or are to be made about 
what we're finally releasing, letting go of, which is very Neptune in Pisces as well, surrender, let go, um, dissolve, um, letting, really letting go of some old ideas about who we are, what, um, what the world's about, what belief is about, um, what we have faith in, what we believe in. So it really feels like a turning point um, to my mind that we've been working on since early June. Um, so that's major. And as well as Jen said, um, Mercury rules Gemini, the moon, and um, Mercury is in the sign of the teacher. So there's a lot about taking, and, and as well, the moon is a receptive sign and the moon, moon is in Gemini. So there's a big theme in this, I think, about taking what in what we've received, what we've learned over the last six months. And I don't mean you have to become some kind of spiritual teacher, but it's time to kind of uh, take your Sagittarian arrows and um, and take it out into the world now and and kind of act upon, which is very Sagittarius as well, very um, forward movement, taking it and integrating it into your life um so that's kind of my main feeling about that and as well as jen said um uranus is the higher mind and is in aspect is actually in um an inconjunct aspect to mercury which is um an awkward aspect but it's called a break free aspect um actually and um it kind of means we're breaking free of those old ideas again. So the astrology is kind of backing up the numbers in big ways, but as well, we have Jupiter. Jupiter will have moved into Capricorn for the first time in 12 years, uh, moves in on December the 2nd, I think. Um, and by this um, full moon, we'll be at two degrees of Capricorn and in aspect to Uranus. I think with Uranus in Taurus and with the aspects to Uranus in Taurus uh, from Mercury and Jupiter, I think we're going to get some really big information coming through on this full moon around the climate again, um, possibly, and about the economy. Um, you know, there's, we're moving into um, eclipse season, as I already said, and then we're moving into this period where all these planets are converging in Capricorn. At this point, um, Venus, which rules Taurus, where Uranus is, which is associated with the earth and the climate and, and also money and the economy. Venus on this full moon is um, sandwiched neatly <laughs> between Saturn and Pluto, having just um, crossed over Saturn she's starting her new cycles already and here she is at 20 degrees which is another two um, so uh, there's so much change here so much moving on new cycles decisions to be made letting go of old ideas before we start these new cycles literally and you know we get a new moon eclipse on December the 26th, which is always a reset. Then we get all these other planetary cycles starting, so many new cycles, some of which last for um, years and years and years. It's, it's kind of like now it's time to decide which way you're going to really kind of move forward, to my mind. 
Right. Yes, it's very fascinating uh, uh, with all of this movement that is uh, incredibly historical. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, just thinking that we are coming to the solstice on the 21st or whatever mm-hmm. the, the exact date, it might be the 20th or 22nd, uh, which means we're, we're in the space of um, continuing to lose light if we're on the Northern Hemisphere and um, mm-hmm. coming to that point where things start to shift. Uh, so that's really important because just thinking about the placement of what happens when you're in that space of losing light or going into the darkness, it really is this time to begin to prepare. Like Lou was saying, this idea of taking your arrows. You may have 20 arrows, but now it's time. <coughs> to... Sorry. Uh, bless you. I don't know if you sneeze. You're just coughing coffee uh uh you know kind of point their arrows at what is true for you what you value and of course remembering uranus uh, in taurus this is about our values so we're going to have to put money down to play and i mean we're just going to have to put our world where our whatever it is we value that we're willing to pay for um in order to make happen mm-hmm. we're going to have to take care of that uh, I didn't mention, but I think it might be significant, is the fact that if if you're in the area where this falls on the 12th, that, that then gives us an 18 universal day, which is really about endings and gives us a nine. Three, six, and nine are all the emotional numbers. So a lot of emotion around all of this. Yeah. There's a lot of perhaps fear even, which is part of emotion. Un, undigested uh, emotion will create fear, right? Because we haven't dealt with things we haven't dealt with. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to hit those places, whether it's the climate, each of us is going to have the areas that we actually are in fear around that are going to be uh, coming in front of us for us to look at. And it's not a matter of saying, well, this is fear, so I, I want to look away. It's much more of the idea that I have ignored this or hidden this part away of my life because I couldn't deal with it. I didn't have the wherewithal. I didn't know what to do. I was a child, so just kept doing the same thing. Whatever the reason is, really doesn't matter. The point is now you're going, you know what? I'm actually going to look at this thing and make a different choice. I'm going to engage with it by saying, oh, so what's this about? What do I need to do? Okay. It may be scary, but I'm going to do it. And this is really a big thing here that we're looking at. Um, and then, of course, if we look at it in terms of it being on the 11th, of course, we've had a lot of things about the 11 being that mm. gateway energy, that master energy that is asking us to step into a new space, like go beyond where we've been, that sense, that Sagittarian sense of being uh, willing to to travel to new mm-hmm. places and new beliefs and have different opinions because we do all have fixed opinions about stuff. And now it's like, yeah. oh, I'm being confronted with a fixed opinion um, that is probably not true. When I don't know, if, hopefully I don't repeat myself, but when I was in South Africa a few weeks ago, uh, I was having a conversation with my brother and uh, about stuff like, and in my mind, this was stuff that I had, you know, I believe this was true for me. And we were having the conversation. Mm. And then he's whatever he said made me realize like, wow, I've been carrying around this belief around our relationship or whatever uh, for all this time. And actually none of that's true. It's just been like a story in my head. Mm. 
So it was really kind of like, wow, that's really interesting. So I could just kind of let that go and go, oh, this is something new. Mm. And I think that's really the space we're in is going, oh, I thought it was Y, but it's actually, you know, X, whatever. And as well, we cannot not mention Chiron or Chiron, however you say it stationing um direct the right after the full moon at one degree of aries which is basically on the world axis which is the zero degree of all the cardinal signs um and their aries cancer libra and capricorn and um and you know uh, we've got neptune in pisces squaring this full moon and he was basically really been squaring this whole lunar axis since june the third um because he was squaring um the new moon back then as well and and that's very much about faith and trust and grace and all that energy and um chiron i I prefer saying chiron so i'm going to say chiron he's such an interesting creature because really he's basically the the energy of the true christ consciousness if you look at the myth um you know because all these myths kind of go into an into one another all the themes and and the um the centaur that was chiron was actually kind of a teacher a healer uh you know he was an archer he was he was just kind of all the the highest energy of most things he he was teacher to the gods um and um he uh, was the wounded healer because he had the wound that would not heal and and so it takes us back to the you know the um, killing of christ of jesus on the cross so all these myths kind of meld into one another but chiron to me really is kind of this um this unconditional love peace um all that kind of energy that is the true christ consciousness but he's in the sign of Aries, which is the I am. This is Aries is the first sign, the beginning and um, turning direct at that one degree. It's a new beginning of our identities is is basically Aries. Um, a lot of people have said that Chiron in Aries is about healing the masculine. I'm going to suggest yes. Um but after writing this new book that I'm writing, I'm trying to move to away from saying masculine and feminine to talking about day and night energy. And our society has valued this day energy of um, doing all the time. It's not valued to rest and um, to be receptive and take things in and if we we're being we're being asked more and more as we move in move into this new paradigm to move into more this twilight or night energy where we can see things with our imagination a little bit reimagine things things look a bit different in the dark <laughs> we're being asked to kind of step out of this everything having to have this glaring rational bright light on it which we've actually physically done in this world by everything's lit all the time we always have lights on we always have our screens going we have streets are lit up (laughs) we've tried to really shut out the night basically well um i think part of the message of this changing into this new paradigm 
is to get more comfortable with this um this night energy and and living without the light a bit more and and being more focused on our feelings all these energies of night um so i think it's really uh, another big turning point of this full moon that chiron is turning direct at the very beginning of the very first sign at the same time before we move into all these new cycles. Yes, very powerful. I was just thinking about uh, the legend of uh, Chiron. Mm. Where he, you know, one thing, he was neither, um, he didn't belong to the, um, what do you call it? The centaurs. Centaurs. He was neither centaur nor human or god-like, whatever. He was an. He didn't belong anywhere, mm. which again speaks to this duality, right? The duality of being alone. Uh, and in fact, took a poison arrow for, I believe it was. Yes. Right. Yeah. It was it? Yes. Yeah. Right. So that poison arrow that he, uh, I believe he may have crafted. I'm not sure. Okay. That's whether he crafted or not didn't matter. There was a poison arrow that he took. So he took the poison for someone else. Uh, And I think that kind of tying into what Lou was saying, that for me, how I look at it is this idea that our world has taken on the poison of others. Like we have literally taken on the poison of other people um, and taken on the suffering. Like somebody else suffered, therefore I can't be happy. Uh, this person in my life is having a bad time. I'm not allowed to smile or or go and do something good for myself. Mm -hmm. So literally, if you're thinking about somebody taking, in this case, Chiron, never being able to cure that, the great healer could not heal himself because Mm -hmm. that stuff wasn't his, right? But he carried it. And so the idea that if we are, you know, wounded or, or, or hurting over our emotional turmoil that we've taken on because somebody else gave it to us and now we're being released with this idea of um, letting go of it letting it go into the night what Lou's saying I love that idea of looking at it for the night because when we're in the night is when we're looking either at our dreams or our fears the things Mm -hmm. that we can't make out exactly what they are so yes we can have a light going all the time and therefore we can pretend like you would do if you had a fire in the forest or in the the bush you light a fire if you're alone so that no animals will come and attack you right but at some point you're going to have to do something else you can't just sit at the fire right you have to actually say well i can stay here and die or die when my fire dies out or i can move on to something different and take a risk you know and maybe uh, that it means moving or doing things sometimes at night. Um, so I do think that's a very powerful thing to recognize that uh, the night is not our enemy. Mm. And get used to be the feelings again. And, you know, and um, it reminds me of uh, my, my husband. He, he's Mr. Busy. He's always doing stuff around the house, right? <laughs> and um, we um, had a friend once who said, Oh, just tell Chaz, that's his name, that he's a human being, not a human doing. (laughs) And it kind of reminds me of this, actually. I think we're remembering that we're human beings and not, we don't have to be doing all the time. We don't have to be achieving all the time. We don't have to be um, 
seeking something more and all that kind of stuff we can just be which is very Aries in a way actually because Aries just is just I am you know Uh, and we've lost a lot of that as well well I, I think too in the presence of self you know I'm just thinking about how all these things kind of tie in the one energy of Chiron this idea of being in Aries which is also the first thing the 19s the 19 of the year the 19 of the sun and moon this new beginning energy that is even the 11 day that the ones you know this idea of of being new and looking at oneself in wonder mm-hmm. and the mystery to me that's the wonder of wow look at the amazing thing like i can look at the stars and go i am made of stars how magical is that i can mm-hmm. i can choose something different i don't need to be stuck in whatever i'm doing i can let go of it mm-hmm. uh, in terms of uh, the relationship as a child, like a lot of our choices are made from that childlike, uh, mm-hmm. childish maybe, uh, place where we've made decisions and we haven't looked back. Like we don't like people, we don't like conflict and we don't want people to be unhappy and we don't want people to insult us. And so we're kind of retreating uh, and that stuff has to stop because there's a difference and kindness. We can be kind to somebody without agreeing with them we can be kind without going along with them we can say you know what you're right but you go there and i go there like we don't have to be connected just like the chiron thing you know Mm -hmm. the idea of keeping someone else's pain so that they wouldn't suffer is that same thing whatever level it is that's impacting you so sorry Oh, sorry, I thought you were finishing. <laughs> you wanted to say something about that? Oh, I, I was just um, just came to mind to, to tell the listeners who uh, who like to learn a bit of um, astrology through this that Chiron is actually associated with with Sagittarius. I wouldn't give it rulership particularly. I'm wondering if we're actually moving away from rulership as as such. But um, Chiron and I had a um, I went to the training in. Um, um, Portland for Kairos astrology, which is about kind of this half light twilight, um, looking at things with second attention as well. And um, I actually did um, a shamanic journey in it, in which I saw because Sagittarius is the archer, the half man, half horse, with the bow and arrow. Chiron was an an archer too; he taught archery, and I had the two of them by my side, to kind of by side by side in this vision um chiron with the um front legs of a man though so whereas um jupiter's a little bit more animalistic and because uh, <laughs> uh, he's got four legs of a horse and chiron's only got the back legs of a horse so he's more human than jupiter even which is kind of interesting so that was just a little aside about really (laughs) and it's all leading to where all this energy is in Sagittarius of course right and what's interesting it comes to mind is compromise right there Mm -hmm. is that point of compromise like when is the compromise something good and when is it something that uh, keeps the poison or keeps you afraid so you've always got to have the light on so there's all of those aspects right because it's one thing when you're a horse for instance like jupiter you know who you are there's nothing you need to do to try to fit in with others and when you're in an in-between which so many of us are just based on the way we've been raised in the world 
uh, we're constantly looking for somebody else to tell us we've done it right or that this is the way it's done. And that's all falling by the wayside. So we're being given this freedom, but we have to take the steps. Remembering that the 12 is one plus two, which equals three. And I wanted to talk about something that I think is kind of interesting to me from from the numerology point of view is that when we look at Saturn, Saturn is 19 degrees, right? Mm -hmm. So there's the 19 we've talked about right now, the one and the nine. So it is both the dark and the light, Mm -hmm. right? There's the one that's the endings, the beginnings, however you want to put it. Um, And again, that 19 is about shining our light without ego, just being who we are. Then we have Venus, who's the two, the 20. So 20 is this number, it's called the awakening. It's about coming to that realization that even though we like to connect to others, we're not going to give up who we are. We're not going to give up that connection we have with the divine, with our intuition in order to activate what we need in the material plane. Mm-hmm. So there's Venus at the two. So we have one, two, and then Pluto is at 21, which is a three. Two plus one is three. So all of those three there are just playing out that energy. And then uh, it it really is very powerful, right? Mm -hmm. It's that one, two, three. It's reminding us that one is that thing about coming back into our own bodies, connecting to our own intuition, that two, that thing, connecting first to ourselves before connecting with others. And then finding the joy, the, the, the total mystery of being in a place we don't know the unknown the dark or whatever it is that's the unknown that's the exciting stuff because in the light everything is pretty clear like it's cut and dried right mm-hmm. but depending of course the winning clear light is cut and dried and so when you have shadow when you have the things you can't see when things are over bright or complete darkness they're all mystery And that allows us to venture into the unknown, to take risks, because we did talk about uh, our star. What's it Mm. called? Bellatrix? um, Yes, Bellatrix. The fixed star Bellatrix is at at about 20 degrees of Gemini. Um, So conjunct the moon on this uh, full moon. Yeah. Right. And, and she, that's so interesting. She's oh, more, well, just to say what Bellatrix is for people, we we looked her up, and she's um, she is um, daring and adventuresome. So, right, <laughs> the warrioress, the female energy, the Amazon warrior mm-hmm. energy, which ignites that thing. Like we've been talking about this idea when you know you have the courage, even though you don't know what's happening. When you know you have that sense of adventure, you can make a quick decision, you feel safer because we're in this duality where we have to make choices now. We have to move away from the safe choice because I know that one and go, okay, I'm, I'm on my own. I have to venture into this mm-hmm. place, I have to do something different to have a different experience because I'm not going to change my life. Like just getting in fear and trusting that people saying that we're terrible. We don't know what we're doing and uh, we don't have the right to our opinions or to have a different climate or something like that, uh, or not to be bullied, not to be abused. 
then we're buying into that duality of just one way that this is how it is and this is how somebody is holding the the bow and arrow the sword whatever it is mm. and this this there's so much duality in all of this as you were talking about these things you know it, it occurred to me you know his venus which until fairly recently in um, traditional astrology was pretty much the only um, female energy in the token the token female and and apart (laughs) from the moon of course and and here she is in um in this chart sandwiched right between almost the two bad guys if you like of of the the supposedly male energy although we now know pluto has a big heart on it you know and (laughs) and saturn really is the crone energy if you like it's not necessarily or the death jeweler not not um not this nasty thing so there's the duality is coming in in so many ways with venus softening up that capricorn and those two previously seen as um as um very uh, malefic kind of energies we're moving away from everything's malefic everything's benefit you know everything's good or bad we're moving to this literally twilight mix of day and night where everything's got the duality of dark and light and male and female there is no absolute opposites anymore (laughs) high potential of course mercury is about duality and yeah yeah or whatever it can move it's the trickster energy not Mm -hmm. in a negative way but just the idea there's all this possibility so we can be fooled we can be engaged it doesn't matter we're living so we make choices but you know what i was thinking about when you were talking about that the the three uh you know the three of them uh saturn venus and pluto i was thinking you know this it feels like that moment where those old stories like you know venus or the female figures always mm. being this beautiful figure that taunts people and mm. you know, treats everyone badly and they're so uh, shallow and then these other figures that you know are so um you know, right so it's almost like this this phoenix rising with the three mm. of them because yeah. the three the number three is so potent but the three of them rising together going we're changing this or we're having this moment where all of that history is just being kind of burnt up and new stuff is being like we don't want to be those figures we don't want to be those cardboard figures that people made with just this one-sided personality oh i'm just you know i'm just pretty and 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 simple and um Mm -hmm. you know i just want to hurt people or whatever it is like just such bullshit like people are not like that and i doubt if the energies of the gods etc are like that too right and that that reminds me of something I was going to say. Oh, by the way, Jason Holly, who's who's a fabulous astrologer, who who talks about the twilight stuff a lot. I've learned a lot from him. He says that, that Mercury is bisexual. <laughs> so, but as well, but it reminded me of something I was going to say. And I think we should do the symbols in the question then, or we're going to go on forever today. But, um, but talking back to talking about uh, Chiron being half, you know, half human half horse but only with the back legs and the archer and so much Sagittarius energy in this and the duality of everything is that we've you know humans have been we've made ourselves very separate from the world 
completely. We've said we've got dominion over it. You know, we think we control everything. Everything's for our use <laughs> and everything. Whereas really, we're just mammals. We're part of it. We we go dust to dust. You know, we we compost like everything else when we die. <laughs> And I think we forget that sometimes because we get so stuck in our heads of being above it all and we're not. Right. Or we're trying to think our way out of it instead of feel it with being in the emotion of the moment. Instead, like we're so caught up in trapped in all emotion that we're thinking our thinking is our vision is impaired. Right. So we're not making good choices. Somebody was saying one of my friends had mentioned that she'd heard somewhere which i thought was really sweet wonderful idea of we're not a a soul kind of trapped in a body but the body is being cradled in the soul Mm -hmm. and so thinking about that idea of being you know yes we're here as this human creature but we also have so much more capacity and expansion for um just enjoying the experience like good or bad just knowing i'm having an adventure i'm doing this and again pulling in that idea that duality the the intelligence of our minds the intelligence of of our ability even our, our adaptability as a human body is that we do have choices we can choose you know that bisexual thing or whatever it is the bi whatever the binary idea mm-hmm. is that there are two choices and there is a way we can choose between that. Like it's not one or the other always. It can be somewhere else in the middle, just yeah. like this thing we're talking about in a sense, like I'm choosing my own story. I'm choosing my own uh, idea of where I sit and what I believe in and who I want to connect with to take this journey further. I do think though, this is an, I think we have talked about a lot is the sense that you do have to do something. It's not enough to just think, Oh yeah, you're right. That's a different opinion. I don't need to do it. You actually do need to take action, do things, follow Mm -hmm. the path, even the hard things, because the more you do it, the easier it becomes, right? The the faster it takes you away from uh, the things that make you unhappy. Mm -hmm. Shall we do the symbols? Yes, indeed. I'll let you do the Sabian symbol first. All right. So 20 degrees Gemini, a modern cafeteria displays an abundance of food, products of various regions. And the keynote is the assimilation of multifarious knowledge through the synthesizing power of the mind. From the one, the many arise in due time. The original source gives birth to the mountain stream which gathering its to itself the downflow of rainwater becomes the large river around which cities are built. Those in turn pollute the river on its way to the vast ocean. This modern symbol expresses the fact that woman, now at the close of cultural cycle, is able to gather foodstuffs, mental as well as physical, from many regions of the globe. Her diet has acquired a planet-wide foundation. History tells us that the search for salt and spices, then for commodities rare in local regions, provide the impetus for global trade and thus eventually for a planetary consciousness. The results may be satiety and indigestion and mental confusion caused by a lack of discrimination. 
And the keynote is assimilation. The negative potentiality of the symbol is waste. Mm. Interesting. Right, that's powerful. It is very, yeah, yeah. It just speaks to me of of this um, culture we've created of 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 just wanting more, more <laughs> of everything, more, more, more. <laughs> and your dog just sneezed. Yes, she sneezed. <laughs> divine. But you know what's to me is so interesting. The way I interpret that thing is, we cannot go back and punish ourselves for choices that we've made. We have to realize that everything that has happened has brought us here. Mm. And so it's just that continuation. And now we have to, again, gather things and move, you know, to another place, to another uh, consciousness, another idea. uh, And learn learn from it. Be more discriminating, you know. Yeah. We're just creating a different uh, um, warehouse of things that are important our learning our understanding our connecting the way we treat things and you know being more human from a natural point of view absolutely absolutely okay so the chandra symbol is a bull stung by a scorpion the elaborate ritual of putting yourself through life or death crises to determine what you are made of and how far you are willing to go in this life. Choosing from expanded faculties the optimal situations to enact this battle royale. Selecting what is karmically familiar. Variations on old themes involving bondage and freedom. When you are trapped caught stuck a furious inner force asserts itself and can reconfigure everything but it is a high stakes ritual drama and loaded with real dangers you must check yourself out in ultimate ways for there is surging in your blood an impulse towards liberation which cannot be distorted in any way an extraordinary journey through radical tests and trails of an initiatory intensity. It is all about guts and stripping away everything but the true inner direction. And if you must slay and move through illusions on every front, that is just how it is. You cannot survive any longer on old ways to do it. It is time to welcome the enemy into your very midst and discover that there are no enemies. Wow. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, I think that describes what we've just been talking yeah, about. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Wow. Okay, so we have a question from Jen. If we're ready to move on to that. Yeah. I am. Okay, so um, hi, Louise and Jen. I did an energetic healing session and received a soul healing. I've been told that I now have a new birth date. The day I got that soul exchange is the new birthday for me because it could happen, especially in an astrology reading. Um, I'm not sure. In other words, I I think she's asking, would you use the new date and time? and everything for astrology readings 
going forward after a soul healing like that and I found that question really interesting because I've never thought about that even though I've been through many um, shamanic kind of rebirths and things um, I wouldn't replace the whole natal chart with it personally um, but I would look at it in relation to the original birth chart perhaps if asked um, I would look at it as a, a rebirth in connection with because I, I don't think it's really going to change who you were born as personally that's my point of view what about you <laughs> Right. I think it's a wonderful thing to uh, an idea of complete freedom of having this rebirth, mm. date, uh, which is really wonderful, especially if you've had a hard childhood or you know a lot of mm. abuse or whatever that you're trying to, um, you, know, you want to be reborn. So and from that point, it's wonderful. As far as looking at a chart, if I was going to an astrologer or I'm an astrologer, I wouldn't look at the chart as my chart. Mm -hmm. I would look at my original chart and I would also look at this one going, what's, what's the relationship between the two? And of course, that said, it also depends on you. If you feel like this is your chart, like mm -hmm. this is you, then you should do it because this is ultimately, it's your own choice. You're being given a choice. We're just giving you our points of view. You may have a feeling like, no, this really is my birth thing. And I want to, I want to adopt this as my um, true birth time and, and date of birth and all of that. And you know, I, I would kind of look at it and see, does this feel like something that really is you? And then if it does, you can still keep testing it out. You can still keep going back, looking at the two. And at some point you may decide, you know, this is me, or you may go, I'm just going to keep the two there, or I'm just going to stick with my old one. As an astrologer, though, I would tend, if somebody asked me when they came for a consultation, mm -hmm. I would probably ask to see both. Um, because there are certain, you know, life planetary cycles, like uh, the Uranus opposition at 42 and stuff like that. And I think the Uranus opposition is still going to happen at 42 years from your actual birth date. But that doesn't mean that the new rebirth chart would have no significance for you. Right. I think as a soul, it would have significance. Yeah, that's exactly. So I think also because we don't know, was the soul birth just the other day, right? So you're just a yeah. few days old. Yeah. Right? Or was it like the same year you were born and maybe a different date? or time mm -hmm. right so we don't really know all those details oh, yeah. i kind of took it to mean that she was right. reborn uh -huh. on the day of the healing but yeah maybe that's, that's that's, i don't know i was just thinking yeah. about that like if you yeah. just reborn then you don't have a history of, yeah. of that um yeah i think from the technical point of view an astrologer would go you've got to give me the right date and we can look at the other one uh, on the other hand you know this is that mercurial thing where uh, you get to decide if this really feels like who you want to be, then you're kind of letting go of the knowledge you had and now you have none of that knowledge. So mm. I think that's interesting question. Yeah, this is an interesting question, an interesting idea. <laughs> and something I will think about and, you know, you right. know what happens? Somebody's going to come and ask me to do a reading with that. <laughs> 
that would be really fascinating to see the difference between the two because uh, really uh, what I'm just thinking is you could just project if the date was just recently, you could just project out, oh, if this person's like 40 years, okay, what would that chart look like in 40 years, you know, mm-hmm. if they're 40 years old and get some idea and see if that's relevant or not. I, I don't know, just kind of how my mind's thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting thing because as we change our identities, I do want to say though, our identities change when we do things. And even if we have the same birth time, birth place, that does not stop us from changing. Our souls evolve. I mean, well, in the, in Mm -hmm. modern astrology, we believe that the, the birth chart is a kind of blueprint of your soul's evolution. It doesn't mean you are set in stone. Well, just like numerology, and my belief is that um, everything is in evolution. Nothing stays still. So uh, just even your belief around something, like the story I shared, it's just like you you have a belief and then it may change or you may turn a corner and you may suddenly see everything differently. Yeah, Uh, The same information, you're just looking at it through a different lens. And I think that's more important sometimes than actually... um, not to diminish the experience that Jen had. Oh, absolutely not. And, and, you know, if she came to me with that question as an astrologer wanting a consultation, I'd say bring both. Right. Let's look at both. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so Jen. Oh, Jen. Yes, Jen and Jen. Jen was the question and I'm speaking to my friend Jen. I can tell Neptune station direct today because yeah. it's a day where everybody's a bit in floaty starry space. Right. But um, how can people find you? <laughs> how can they find me? Yeah, even though I'm feeling fidgety. And every time I look up at this little thing, it looks like I have a flower on my head here on the oh. side. I'm like, oh, I have a flower on my head. Yay. It looks cute. <laughs> I look like Frito Carloing it today. You do look like Frito Carloing <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, where can people find me jendishen.com my cards the illuminating journey cards are also jendishen.com backslash illuminating journey cards um, and i you can find out about my readings and etc on my website i'm also uh on facebook and i have a group called we belong here um and I have a page, which I think is Jen Duchenne, on Facebook, I'm on Instagram. I do have a membership group that's available on my website, so Hello um, Salon. I'm actually in the process of changing all my names, but it doesn't matter. You know, it's just an online thing. The Soul Hello Salon, so that's a monthly membership. Uh, and I am doing a free call. I don't have the exact date yet, but if anyone's interested, it's about uh, letting go of suffering. And that will be in December, probably mid December. If you're interested, you can find me somewhere and uh, get on the list. It'll be a Zoom call. Awesome. And um, I'm Louise Eddington, um, author of Modern Astrology, Harness the Stars to Find Your Soul's True Purpose, <laughs> and another book to be published in the new year. And um, you can find me on Facebook follow my personal profile on um, Facebook, Louise Eddington, or I have a business page, Louise Eddington Astrologer. I also have a free group um, called the Planet 
planetary magic cafe um where we have a lot of fun actually in that group it's uh, quite active and um and i do some fun challenges every now and again in there um i also um loving instagram lately so louise eddington on instagram and um i have a membership site too um i turned 60 on almost on this full moon actually two days after and all my fees and membership levels and everything are changing on that day so if you want to work with me at all you might want to grab something before december the 14th um because i thought i'd give myself a gift <laughs> and so don't remember uh, don't forget as well that jen and i are doing a free call next thursday um jen, uh, december the 5th and um and that's going to be at 12 pacific and you'll be able to find details on any of our pages or groups we're going to be sharing it liberally it's a zoom call and if you're live you can um ask questions but it will be recorded and we'll be sharing the recording we're going to do an overview of 2020 we're not going to go into massive detail we're going to give the big picture as we see it of the main themes of the year so join us for that and bring your questions and don't forget to send your questions weirdlymagicalpodcast at gmail.com and um leave us a review please for this podcast i'm going to put the review link in the podcast information and we have a patreon too weirdly magical podcast on patreon so. And thank you for all of you who have left us yeah. wonderful reviews. We really Yeah, we, we just we we forget to check sometimes and we just had a look this week at uh, the reviews and we were like, wow. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> we're really glad you're enjoying it. So because we do. All right, so from um goodbye from Lou for now. Goodbye from Jen. <laughs>